welcome to my story, his story, our journey. This is Miss Mary here. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I also want to thank you for joining me on the episodes that we just recently came through with Jonah. It's truly been a great lesson, a great journey, and I'm excited about the one we're going to take today on one particular subject, and I bet you know what that subject might be. Yes, thankfulness. As we're coming upon the traditional holiday of where we celebrate Thanksgiving, I first want you to know that I am so thankful for each listener out there. I'm thankful for all of the different platforms that has passed this podcast around to where it is now aired in seven different countries and but you know we cannot be more thankful for anything than we are for our salvation i am so thankful for jesus christ and the price that he paid on calvary for my sin for my sin debt your sin debt and Without him and without that payment, none of this would be possible. We know that all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us, but that's it. It's only through his strength, not through our own. So I want to thank you for being here, and I will see you in my part of the story. Welcome to my part of the story. Like I said, uh, we are going to be doing a little bit of a study today on the great truths of Thanksgiving. We know that there are so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about being thankful and giving thanks unto the Lord. And yes, we will actually talk about a few of those scriptures, but I think you will find it interesting where the Lord took me on this journey. Um, I'm actually surprised where I ended up today myself, but I can't get away from it. So I do believe that this is where Jesus would have me to speak on thankfulness today. So I don't really know how much I can say about my part of the story other than I've been praying and I've been asking God, you know, what would he have me to speak on this time? We just came through such a wonderful study in Jonah that I just still in my heart and mind is wrapped around that that particular journey that he took us on and I'm so blessed by it and his word is so powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword and we know that he can do miracles with his word and with his spirit so but we are coming up on Thanksgiving you know and I want all of us to really examine our heart and our mind are we thankful and I don't mean just I'm thankful for my family and I'm thankful for my job or my husband or I'm thankful for the provision that God has given me as in money and food and substance but are we just thankful for God the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit just in them alone sometimes it's hard to determine you know we really live a life thinking that we're thankful feeling deep within ourselves that we know we would not have had salvation if it was not for the Lord and if it was not for the Father's sacrifice of the Son but on a daily basis 
can we honestly say that we show thankfulness through our lives for that salvation? Yes, I can be thankful for my husband because if it was not for the Lord, I would not have my husband. And the same for my family and my children. I would not have my children if it was not for God. I would not have this home. I would not have money. I would not have food. I would not have a sustainable, livable planet that sustains life form actually on it if it was not for God the Father. And like I said, oftentimes we can honestly believe we're thankful and say we're thankful, but are we really? And there's so many reminders in the scriptures to be thankful. So I wonder why he reminded us so often to be thankful. Maybe it's because he knows by our natural sin nature, we're not thankful. I don't know. Kind of makes me a little sad, though, as I'm even speaking of it. Mary, are you thankful enough? Do you show through your life, through your actions, not just from your talk, but through your walk and your following of the Lord and Savior and with the people that you come in contact with every day? Do you show thankfulness? Can they sense that you're a thankful person? I don't know. I guess I'd have to ask those people around me, but it's almost a scary thought to think of. But if I asked them, do you feel I'm thankful? How would they answer? What about you? If you ask the closest people to you in your life and they point blank gave you an answer on whether you were thankful or not or came across as a thankful person, what do you think they would say? Would they say yes? I don't know. It kind of makes me a little nervous. That tells me that I've got a lot to learn about being thankful and God's concept of what he's trying to teach us about thankfulness. So that's where we're going today. And I will see you in his part of the story. And then you will know where we are going on this journey with him and how he brought me to this particular story and passage about thankfulness. I will see you in his part of the story. Hello, and welcome back to his part of the story. So, I bet you're wondering... Where are we going, Miss Mary? Where is the Lord taking us? Well, I'm going to tell you the actual book and chapter and verses. But before I do that, I do want to quote just a few of the most famous thankful quotes, I guess. I mean, there's so many. Like, all of them are wonderful scriptures. All of them is a constant reminder of being thankful. But these are ones that particularly jump out at me that I remember being quoted or from the Word of God. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we see here we're being reminded to devote ourselves to prayer and for us to continually being watchful and thankful such a good one, a good reminder 
to not just be thankful, but to be watchful as well. Psalms 106.1 Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So we're supposed to be praising the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord. We're to be thankful. Why? Because he is good and his love will endure forever. Psalms 107, 21. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. So we see here in Psalms, we're not only should be giving thanks and praises to the Lord. Why? For his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, which is you and me and others. So we're reminded that he has wonderful deeds for mankind. He's done wonderful things for us. Are we giving him thanks? Are we showing thanks? And then, of course, you probably recognize this one, which is quoted so often by pastors and leaders in the church. Philippians 4, 5 through 7. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Excuse me. So, he's sitting here saying, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So there's something that should be known to everyone. They should be able to see something in us. The Lord is at hand. Should we be telling people the Lord is at hand, like John the Baptist? But he says, even in those times, when those times shall come, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Pray, ask, request from God. But with what? With thanksgiving. Be thankful. Have a thankful mind frame and a thankful heart and at the time that you were doing this and then let your request be made known to God so we can see here four very beautiful scriptures that remind us in different situations and how to be thankful to God but you know what I think you're going to be surprised to have where I ended up with this I wanted to know <coughs> most known story or the best story of Thanksgiving in the Bible and you know I don't know if you do this but I often will google something I will google it because I'm curious to see what will come up you know there's a whole world out there there's a whole world of people out there so how do they feel about specific scriptures or how they feel about the Bible You know, are these theologians that believe that this is the best story of Thanksgiving or a wonderful example of being thankful? I don't know. But I just got to searching around, and there is a couple different ones that I actually went to. But I could not get past this one. So when you can't get past a scripture, and the Holy Spirit keeps drawing you back to it and drawing you back to it, that tells me that that's one that the Lord would have me to speak on. So we're actually in the book of Luke, in the 
Gospel of Luke in chapter 17. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 19. Now remember, I may back up some, but right now we're going to focus on this particular passage and and the scriptures in this particular story. And so it starts out, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now from the scriptures that I read prior to this, we know that this is Jesus Christ. He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So, if you notice carefully when it said lifted up their voices from a distance, they stood at a distance, it's because they had to. They had no choice. See, back in that time, the people that were sick with leprosy, they were known to have to stay completely away from people that didn't were not sick with leprosy because of the disease. They were often looked down upon. Um, <clears throat> it was also said in another account that they were known to wear signs around their neck, something, and they had some of them had to shout leprosy here, leprosy here so that they would alert the people that was even coming within any distance of them. I can only imagine how sad that would be. You know, first they're just so sick. They're so filthy. You know, their sores was oozing. To look at them was kind of almost horrendous because some lepers, it just destroyed their physical face and their body. They were just not easy to look at. In some people's eyes, it may even disgusted them to look upon them. And then you have the fear that they could get you sick or you could get the same thing that they have. So they were disfigured. They were outcast. They were really sick people and they had to always be alerting everybody around them that here I am I'm sick I'm diseased I'm not right I'm dying can you imagine every time you have to shout that out it would be a reminder of death as well that you were physically dying So we see here that they cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They must have often lived lives that people did not feel mercy for them. Maybe some people did, I don't know, but they knew who they were in the presence of. Because why would they ask for mercy if they did not feel Jesus could give them or show them mercy. So, after they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. So, 
as we're reading this, you know, we may know where it's going, but at this point, we don't. Right now, all Jesus is saying to them is, go, show yourself to the priest. Now, these lepers were not even allowed to be around citizens, around just average day people. And it was a definite no-no for you to ever, like I had said before with the woman with the blood flow, she should have never even been in that crowd of people close to Jesus according to their traditions and their law. Because a sick person cannot touch a holy man or a priest or be anywhere near them for that they could bring that death or sickness upon them. So for him to say, go show yourselves to the priests, that would be scary. Like, you want me to take my sick body to the priest? I'm supposed to go to the priest when I'm covered in boils and sores and oozing sickness? But that's what he told them to do. And then it said, and as they went, they were cleansed. Hmm. But notice it says, as they went. So I'm assuming they would have had to have acted out on faith and went. They had action behind what they had asked. First, they had a request for him to show mercy on them. But then through their actions, they had to show that they trusted or had faith in what Jesus said. Because it says, as they went, they were cleansed. This was the interesting part that kept drawing me back to this account. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Hmm. Well, there was ten cried out for mercy there was ten that even turned by faith and were headed toward the priest and it said as they went they were cleansed so I'm assuming ten were cleansed but yet only one upon being cleansed turned back praising God with a loud voice and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Now you need to understand if you remember from the woman at the well the episode where we talked about her Samaritans were also rejects in society. They were people that the Jewish people should not even be around or often, you know, they looked down upon the Samaritans. They were outcast when it come to the Jewish faith and Jewish believers. And they just did not, you know, uh, walk with them, talk with them, eat with them. And for Jesus to go to the Samaritan woman at the well, she even knew that one... For him to be around a woman 
alone or two that she was a Samaritan woman that it shocked her and now we see that out of 10 lepers which was already sick and dying of a disease there was a Samaritan leper so he again was an outcast already just from being a Samaritan but he was also a diseased sick Samaritan but he came back and he fell at Jesus' feet giving him thanks and then in verse 17 it says then Jesus answered were not ten cleansed where are the nine see this is where I started really thinking about the concept of thanksgiving see this man knew he had much to be thankful for But they all should have known that they had much to be thankful for. So we see here Jesus saying there were ten that were cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. so I'm sorry I'm a little froggy today I apologize for clearing my throat but I often look at this and I think well did he just cleanse them physically but yet the one that returned to give praise he cleansed him physically and spiritually As it says, and he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. But I guess they had to act on faith, believing what Jesus told them to go unto the priest. So, we can see that Jesus made a point to say that there was ten that was cleansed, but only nine. Only one came back. The other nine went their way. How do we know they even made it to the priest? Maybe they got excited because they were healed and just did everything they wanted to do that they felt they could do that they never could do before. Maybe they went instantly to their families and and showed themselves to the family. But the thing of it is, is, is what they didn't do. They didn't go back. They didn't show thanks to the man that healed them. So see, this is where I believe that the Lord did want me to focus on this for Thanksgiving. Because as believers, we have to ask ourselves, do we really show a thankfulness in our hearts and in our lives and what we do for our salvation, for our healing? Because see, we were sick too we were sin sick and we are dying our bodies will die but with salvation we will live forever we will have eternal life with God the Father in heaven so we are healed spiritually 
He's removing the sin from our sin nature and he's trying to replace it if we will follow him, trust him, and abide in him and let him abide in us. He will also remove some of the bondage of that sin nature and replace it with a a flesh, a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. think about the pastors and the leaders of the church that say 10% of the body will be doing the body's work and how hard it is for that 10% to keep an entire body of believers and the whole church running and functioning. Are we thankful? Why is only 10% of the work. It reminds me of this. There were ten men and only one came back. Only one decided I'm going back to the man that healed me. I'm, I'm going to give back to him. I'm going to let him know how thankful I am through my actions for what he did for me. Do you think that's what Jesus was trying to say in this story? Because it's written for us. Everything in here is written for us as well. It's an account and it's there and it's live. There's no time limit on this book because he is timeless. So do you read it that way? Do you read it in a way that you're looking at it and saying, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me, Lord, through this leper? through these nine men that did not return, but yet one did. I pray we would find ourselves being the one that would return giving thanks, giving praises unto the Lord, like it said in Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer and watch, being watchful and thankful. Give praises unto the Lord, for He is good. And his love endures forever. Psalms 106. Psalms 107. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Are we doing that? Are we allowing him to live through us and give more back to the wonderful deeds to mankind? Are we servants? Are we thankful? That's something you would have to ask yourself when you're coming upon this time of Thanksgiving and your table could be full of food. And considering this is aired in so many different countries, your table may not be. But are you thankful for what you see around you, for what he has given you and blessed you with? And will you respond in action? Will you do something in your life that really shows and reflects that you are thankful and you're willing to sacrifice yourself for others. I would hope so. Well, that's where he took me, to the leper. Ten lepers were healed and only one returned thankful to the man that healed them physically, mentally, and probably spiritually as well. At least we know the one was probably spiritual. 
I will see you right after this quick advertisement in our part of the journey where I've got a little surprise waiting for you that could lead a little bit into this. I'll see you there. Welcome back to our part of the journey. Well, as you know, this is always considered a wrap it up. And sometimes we will use the commentary part, but then sometimes I will do what we call the Paul Harvey move and give you a little bit of the rest of the story. And sometimes I will actually read you something from in the front uh, that describes why the book was written, who actually wrote the book, and if it was to the believers and background information like that as well. Well, today I'm going to back us up a little bit. Remember how I said it's so important to read before and after. But Luke here, he's actually giving, if this is actually Luke that wrote it, because they were back and forth about that as well. But I believe that they have shown proof that they truly believe it was Luke and that this is actually Luke's gospel account. So I believe that Luke is writing different things that happen as he traveled with Jesus Christ, what he saw, what he saw Jesus say, and how he responded. And I'm sure that they were sitting around when this happened with the lepers. And he probably looked at them and was like, did I not heal 10? But yet only one came back. I believe that nothing is ever said by Jesus Christ or God the Father in these, this, these comprised uh, books and letters, like we, we say 40, over 40 different authors and 66 love letters from God. So, you know, sometimes you'll hear me say love letters, sometimes you'll hear me say books, but there's nothing that's ever said that isn't important. He is so intricate. God and Jesus Christ himself is so intricate. Their, their thinking is so much higher than ours. And I don't believe that there's one word that comes out of their mouth that is not important to some degree. You ever hear that old saying, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens? Maybe E.F. Hutton never spoke until there was something of wisdom or wise to be said. I don't know. (laughs) I know I can't compare God the Father to E.F. Hutton, but I used to think the same of my grandmother. She was such a sweet woman, and when she spoke, everybody was quiet because she rarely spoke. So everybody wanted to hear what it was that my grandmother had to say. So... I always think about that when I read the Word of God. We're talking about anointed, God-given, God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, written Word of the God of this universe. So I, I kept asking myself when I read this, okay, why did you kind of bring me here? But you know what? I always say that I read above it and I read below it, and I've read these accounts before. But today it hit me differently. I really could see what God was saying the scriptures right before this. 
Because even if Luke was given two different accounts of points, why did Luke, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pen this one account right before the lepers? Do you ever ask yourself that? If the Holy Spirit was leading him, then the Holy Spirit put this little story of the unworthy servants right above the story and right before the story of Jesus cleansing the ten lepers. So I want to go back and just read this to you and see if you can kind of see a connection. I feel like he has shown me a little bit of a connection. It says here, Jesus says, Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once, recline at the table. Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink. Now there's a question. Jesus has given an example here. He said, who takes their servant and says, oh, you have worked so hard. You have done so much. Come on in here. Sit down. Recline at my table and eat with me. Now, I don't believe Jesus necessarily believed in having necessary uh, slaves back in the day or whatever. Maybe he even thought it was kind of inhumane because he does say, even though I consider myself through the scriptures and Paul often considered himself a bond slave, there was a time where Jesus says, you're not my slave because a slave does not know what the master is doing and the master don't feel the need to tell them, but I am your friend. So I always think about that scripture too. And right now it almost made me cry. It was almost like Jesus was saying, no, you're my friend. I love you. And I'm telling you and showing you everything ahead of time so you will know what to expect, what will happen. So maybe he even felt the need to actually just talk to them about this situation because he knows how it worked. If you have a servant Just because they've worked hard doing everything you told them to do, you don't just tell them, come on in, sit down at my table, recline and eat. He said, this is what you will say to them. Will he not rather say to him? So what he's saying is is our English term of saying, but what you do say to them is this. And they say, prepare supper for me and dress properly. And serve me while I eat and drink. And afterwards, you will eat and drink. See, Jesus knew that's how it went. And it's true, that is how it went for the master of the home. So, he's telling them that, would you really tell your servant, come on in, sit down, be a part of the main meal? Or are you actually going to tell them to go fix my food, dress properly, and serve me? in my house properly. So you'd have to ask yourself, why is he saying that? What goes on in verse 9 and says, does he thank the servant because he did what he commanded? Mm, Okay, now I see a little bit where Jesus might be going. Because this was right before the lepers. We often talk about Jesus' commandments, God's commandments, 
to his creation and his children. So then he goes on and says, So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Now, to read that before I read the cleansing of the lepers, do you see a connection that might be here? You think Jesus is saying ten were cleansed, but only one was thankful enough to come back and tell me? But right before it, it talks about a master and his servant. Are we so arrogant to believe that we pat ourselves on our backs when we do this or we do that? Weren't we commanded to do it? Aren't we a servant? Maybe we're an unworthy servant. Are we unworthy of his salvation? Do you feel that way? Are we unworthy of his cleansing, making us whole again? The one leper knew that he was unworthy of it. He understood he didn't deserve it. See, he came back and he did precisely what a good servant should do to acknowledge the one that made it possible for him. Are we acknowledging to God the Father how thankful we are for his son and his sacrifice on the cross through our actions? Do we really have the right to pretend or act like we shouldn't be doing it anyway? Because it's just interesting that these two are back to back. And maybe it's just the way God wanted me to see it. God isn't just looking at me and saying, Well, I saved you. And if you want to do it, then you go do it. And then later on you come and join me, you know, at the wedding feast. God did not say that. He commanded He commanded us to go into all of the world. Remember that? Teaching and admonishing, teaching them, telling them the good news, teaching them his ways, teaching him everything about him. So where do you stand as a servant, believing you have a choice? Or you have a right not to? I think that that was the reason this example of a servant and the master of the house, the master will command, the master will say, the master will. Yes, Jesus loves us. And he says, you are my friend. But he most certainly gave commandments. He most certainly told us what it is we should be doing. He told us that he gave us part of his characteristics and his spiritual gifts inside of us to use them for the body of believers to reach the communities, to reach the world. We can't have all the arms doing everything. We need legs, eyes, ears, hands. We need the whole body knitted together. That's why the body is weak. The body is weak because the body don't have all of the parts. You know, you you got a full grown body 
but have you ever got a shiver of glass in your heel or or a, a shaving of wood splinter I couldn't come up with the word but have you ever got that in your foot but it was like you just shut down you, it's almost like you just shut down until you could get that glass out of your foot you couldn't focus on anything else well we were supposed to be knitted together to make one strong body how is the body strong when 90% of the church body don't feel the need to work even though they were commanded to do so they just come on into the house eat, drink, and be merry. It's just there to serve them, not them to serve others. And I don't know if you can see that connection a little bit here like I did, but at least that's where the Holy Spirit took my heart and my mind as a reminder that we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty so he says here does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded Would the ma- are we waiting on a thank you from Jesus from the master one came back and thanked him and praised him and fell at his feet Is 90% of the servants waiting for a thank you? You're only expected to do what he told you to do. It was a commandment, but yet we ignore so many of the commandments. It's supposed to be written upon our heart to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind to love others as he has loved you. How do you do that? Just coming in, kick back at the table, eating with the master. But you have nothing to offer. Are you the nine that went on their way? That were healed, but yet had nothing to give back. Nothing to come back and say thank you. No actions that prove that you're thankful. I pray that that's not you. And I pray that this would be a reminder not only to everyone out there listening, but to myself as well, that I should be showing through my actions how thankful I actually am. And after all, we were commanded. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this particular journey you've taken me on. Lord, I hope I have not uh, done wrong by the representation of your scripture. Lord, when I read it, I read it as a whole. And just in the book of Luke, with that being penned right before the one with the lepers, I just ask myself, is there something deeper there? Is there something more that your Holy Spirit wanted us to see that was connected? I could see a connection, Lord. I pray that through my life and through the freedom you've given me through your salvation, 
that I show that I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for your salvation and for your healing. You truly have healed a very sin-sick person. Lord, and I know one day you will give me a glorified body just like yours, and I can't even imagine that I will be able to worship you and just sing praises to you for all eternity. But I am looking forward to that day. I pray you be with all the brothers and sisters in Christ, all of those out there that you have cleansed, that you have healed. Burden their heart through your Holy Spirit to return back to you, giving you praises, giving you honor for what you did for them, that you paid a price that no one else could pay. Father, help us understand that you are worthy and you deserve all for all came from you. Who are we? Who am I that Christ would even look upon my account but an unworthy servant? Help us love others the way you loved us. Give us the drive we need to reach those that are lost for your glory and for your honor. In your precious son's name, the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for coming on this journey of thankfulness with me. I pray that we've learned a lot. I pray that we know that we can say we're thankful, but just to say we're thankful means nothing unless our actions and our life back it up. I want you all to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Now, next Tuesday, because I will be preparing for Thanksgiving meal, I am not going to apply the pressure to myself and only to let you down if I can't get everything ready. So I'm going to take a small break next Tuesday, and I will see you two weeks from today in my story, his story, our journey. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thanks be to God in Jesus' name. I will see you later.